Well, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Norton. I'm one of the pastors uh, here at New Denver Church, and this is a supplemental podcast. Uh, we'll call it Part 6B of this series we're doing called Against the Grain. Um, and in the last message, Part 6, if you were there on Sunday or you just listened to the message through our podcast, we talked about the value of Scripture. And I'm not going to go back and, and revisit everything we've done in this series. Hopefully you've listened to that. But we wrapped up that message uh, by saying that as followers of Jesus, for those of us who are on a journey of faith, we need to always be learning from Scripture and living by Scripture. Learning from Scripture and living by Scripture. And I gave you a, um, a picture uh, uh, that Scripture is like a, a map and compass. It's something that we need to navigate the complexity of life, to navigate a journey of faith, to understand who we are and what God is like. And, and, and one of the things that, if you're like me at all, and I hear this from so many of you all the time, is you want to read Scripture more. You want to read the Bible and understand it more. You would like to engage it more, but it's just hard to do. Uh, it's hard if you're new to the Bible. It's hard to know where to start. Um, it's a big and difficult uh, book, and um, it, it's complex, right? It's, uh, it, 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 it's hard even if you've been a Christian for a long time. You've read parts of the Bible, um, but putting it all together or understanding how it all fits, or, or maybe you've even read through the entire Bible, and, and you've done that. Right, been there and done that, and and you've even maybe had years where you did like a whole read through the Bible plan, and it was interesting, and and, and you learned some things, but um, it's just kind of gotten old, and uh, you're just you're feeling like you're sort of in this dry season where you don't engage Scripture anymore, and and you don't even really know how to pick that back up or or get back into it. You want to. You have, as we started the year, we said, we all have these desires, right? And maybe you have that desire, you just, you, you don't know where to start or, or how to make it a reality. So um, in this podcast, uh, I just want to walk through a few really practical suggestions um, and just uh, offer you some recommendations for how um, we might continue being people who learn from Scripture and also people who live by Scripture. So let me walk through these. Um, just a bunch of practical suggestions. You might write some of these down. I'll point to some other websites and some other things. But uh, the first suggestion I have is uh, to go back and listen to a series that we did um, last year called People of the Book. Um, people of the Book. Uh, basically, it was a four-week series that I did um, about the Bible itself. And I did four messages and also four podcasts because there was just so much content. And uh, really, it was just digging into the origins of the Bible. Where does the Bible come from? Who decided what books are in the Bible? And 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 how did that all happen in history? And then um, what about all the different versions of the Bible or all the different translations? It can be overwhelming when you look at the different sort of translations and, and how did how do they decide which translations are best, and is there one that's best, and why are some translations some way and some another way, and, and if you want to buy a Bible, what kind of Bible should you buy? And, and so I offered a ton of really practical suggestions there. So especially if you're new to the Bible, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that. But even if you've been a Christian for a long time, 
I know some of you said we we talked about some questions you've always had, but you've you've never even known who to ask, or, or you never even had voiced those questions out loud. But it was helpful to wrestle through that. So the easiest way to to access that is to just go to our website newdenver.org, and uh, there's a search bar at the top. You just go into that and type in "people of the book," and then it'll it'll find uh, in the results, it'll find the messages. You can also go to the part where we have our message archive and you can just go back several months and look for it. But just searching for people of the book, um, you'll be able to find all those. And our, our messages are also on Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts and those kind of places as well. So look for all those messages and listen to those and you'll get a bunch of answers to maybe some questions you've been having about the Bible and how to engage it. Um, all right, uh, another suggestion it's to simply decide to read a big chunk of the Bible this year. So maybe you are one of those people who have never done that before. Um, and, and I just want to suggest it can be a very valuable exercise. When you come to church on Sundays, oftentimes we just pick a few verses and we read them and we go into depth talking about them. And that can be really helpful. That That's called studying the Bible, right? But there's other times to back up and just read big sections, like full books of the Bible or whole whole sections of books in the Bible. And, and, and maybe don't bite off more than you can chew. You know, sometimes people are like, well, I'm just going to read the whole Bible in the next three months. And that might be way too ambitious. And so maybe you just pick um, a section of the Bible. I'm going to read all of the Gospels. Um, there's four Gospel accounts about Jesus's life or or I'm going to read all the historical books in the Old Testament. Or I'm going to read through the whole book of Psalms or, or some of the wisdom literature. That's Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Job. Um, so so th- there's lots of options there. And you can always Google, you know, Bible reading plans or things like that. But the, the goal is to read for distance, uh, not for depth. <laughs> um, you're looking for the big picture, right? Not the granular thing. So don't get hung up in... Maybe some of the details that you don't fully understand. Um, I mean, there's times to, if you're the kind of person who wants to start looking up, you know, figuring out answers to questions as you're reading. But, but reading for distance is looking for those big contours of the land, right? Um, or looking for those, those big themes uh, in Scripture. Um, a, a book that might be helpful for you to have as you do something like this um, there's lots of books out there, but one is called A Reader's Guide to the Bible. It's by a scholar named John Golden Gay, who's um, he's an Old Testament scholar. He's one of my favorite scholars. Um, a Reader's Guide to the Bible. Um, and, and it's just a short book. I say short. It's like 150 pages. Um, and it just breaks the Bible down by sections. And he just provides sort of a basic literary introduction to understanding these books or these sections of the Bible. And so you can read the chapter on, you know, the wisdom literature, and 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 then you start reading the wisdom literature or the chapter on whatever section you're going to read. So having a companion like that uh, to kind of orient you as you read through big chunks of the Bible could be super helpful. Um, another option is to immerse yourself in a smaller section of Scripture um, in a limited time frame. Uh, so even right now, this it's the beginning of February, um, unless you're listening to this uh, a whole lot later, and, um, and Lent, the season of Lent, starts in about a month. 
um, on March the 2nd is Ash Wednesday. And so you might decide between now and then, for the next month, I'm going to read one book, the book of Genesis. Um, Now, that's a long book. It's 50 chapters, but that's really only about two chapters a day. Uh, I mean, you could read the two chapters in five or ten minutes, but you might even spend 15 or 20 minutes. That's not that long, but spending 15 or 20 minutes to just slowly read a chapter or two, and then you're kind of soaking it up, and you really are beginning to ask those questions. I wonder why this story is in there. I wonder what's going on. And that's where a, a, a study Bible might help. Um... I say read the chapter, uh, the book of Genesis, because um, then when we get to Lent, we're actually going to dig into one story in the book of Genesis, and we're going to do something really interesting. We're going to read the same story over and over and over and over for six weeks, and that's where we're going to like really immerse ourselves in one section. So when you do that, you're not reading for distance so much as beginning to say, what can I learn from this part of the Bible that I'm reading Um, When we walk through Lent, a lot of people will pick one gospel account and read it because Lent is is sort of walking with Jesus through his story, and that's where you could just read one or two chapters from a gospel account. So that's where you're beginning to immerse yourself more in one section of Scripture, and there's lots of different ways to do that. Just pick one and then go for it. Um, uh, Let me introduce you. This is another suggestion. I want to introduce you to a practice It's a way of reading the Bible that is really immersive, and it's called Lexio Divina. Lexio Divina. Those are Latin words. Actually, they're really old uh, words. This goes back some 1,500 years. Um, There were monks that developed this way of reading the Bible, and it's a very slow sort of digesting way of reading the Bible. And, And I don't have time to go through all of the steps. You can Google um, Lexio Divina, that's uh, spelled L-E-C-T-I-O, and then Divina is D-I-V-I-N-A. Um, or, uh, and I hate to keep <laughs> shamelessly plugging other sermons I've preached, but um, I preached a sermon, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, um, where I introduced this idea of reading the Bible for distance, and then they're studying the Bible, and then there's really immersing or digesting the Bible. And I spent about 10 or 15 minutes explaining this practice or this rhythm or this method called Lexio Divina. So you could go back and listen to that message. It was part of a series called Practice Makes Present. So again, go to our website, go to the search bar, type in Practice Makes Present. And then you could just also type in the word scripture, and you should be able to find that message. It was from, I think, two years ago. And it's a great introduction to this method of reading the Bible called Lexio Divina, which tends to be really helpful if you're someone who's read it for distance in the past, or you're someone who's been in lots of Bible studies, but you've never tried this method. It's a different way of reading scripture. Um, All right, here's another suggestion. I want to recommend a book. Um, It's a book that I recently read, and it's probably the best book on reading the Bible that I've read in a long time. And believe me, I read a ton of books about the Bible and and, and how to read the Bible because I'm always just fascinated by it. And and I'm just like many of you. Like there's, 
there's even as a pastor, he's just somebody who teaches the Bible. There's seasons I go through where I just feel like it's dry and I'm not getting much out of my reading, and I sort of slowly stop reading or stop studying, and I'm looking for sort of new and fresh ways of engaging the Bible. And so I picked up this book. It just came out um, within the last year. It's called Enjoying the Bible, which is 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 not the most exciting title. <laughs> it's kind of a boring title, but Enjoying the Bible is the name of it. And it's written by a guy named Matthew Mullins. Uh, Matthew Mullins um, teaches at the college level, teaches English and the history of ideas. So his background is literature. Um, now he's a follower of Jesus, and so um, he wrote this book on how to read the Bible the way that we read literature. And he he sort of challenges that some of the ways that Christians have read the Bible in the past are not that helpful. And in fact, it's really convicting. A lot of the ways he talks about reading the Bible that that can be helpful but can only take us so far are ways I've read the Bible. And then he offers some really different ways of approaching the Bible. And and I'm not going to sort of get into his whole discussion and and the premise of his book because I I don't want to give it away. But he offers a different way of engaging the Bible or reading it that, that he finds, um, and, and I think he's right here, he finds will bring more delight and more enjoyment back into reading the Bible in the way that you might enjoy great art or in the way you might enjoy great music. The Bible is amazing literature, but sometimes in the way we study it, we study it more like a specimen in this sort of scientific way but not in a, a, a literary and in a beautiful way that, that captures and appreciates its beauty. And so um, I, I think his book is just super helpful. Now, um, the danger would be you would buy this book and just read his book and not the Bible. Um, so buy his book, uh, read it, and begin to pick up the Bible and, and re-engage it in the new ways uh, that he offers. So Enjoying the Bible by Matthew Mullins is a great resource. Um, and then one last suggestion to offer you is this. Find, and this is going to be so obvious when I say it, find another person to read the Bible with. Uh, This should not be a solitary struggle or a solitary desire or a solitary hope to read or engage the Bible more. Um, Oftentimes it stays that way because we're very individualistic and we tend to read books and do things on our own. But um, if you're somebody who loves to read, you know how awesome it can be to be in a great, you know, reading group um, where you read a book with a bunch of other people and then you sit down one night and you discuss what you learned and what parts of it were better and what what you thought the whole plot was about and why you thought it was a good book or why you thought it was a terrible book. You know, the, there's those reading groups or those reading clubs and and it just makes the reading experience so much more rich. And it's the same with the Bible. Even just finding one partner, one other person that you say, I want to start reading or engaging the Bible in a new way or again, would you like to do that with me? And you come up with a plan or you come up with a method or you come up with a new approach or you come up with some new goal that you set together and, and then you do it together. You'd be amazed. It's like, it's like finding a training partner 
Or it's like finding a, a running partner. If you're going to run a marathon, you need to find somebody else that's going to train with you and run with you. We've, If you've ever tried to do that by yourself, you know how hard that is. And so uh, I just want to encourage you, don't overlook. It might not be finding a new method to read the Bible. Maybe some of the old methods you just need to go back to. It might just be finding somebody to do it with you. If we don't engage the Bible regularly, and this isn't about making any of us feel guilty. As I said, I go through seasons where it's just hard. But if we don't come back to this need and desire to engage the Bible or read it or learn from it, we're like hikers going out into the wilderness without a map and a compass, right? It's like trying to navigate the challenges of life without the necessary wisdom we need, without the map and compass we need. If anyone was ever going backpacking for a weekend or a week, or if anyone was ever going hiking out in the wilderness and they did not have a map and compass, what, what would we think of them? We would think, well, that's kind of dumb, right? Or that's arrogant, you think you can pull it off on your own without those things, but you need those things, and we need those things. So let's keep coming back to asking, how can we learn from Scripture? Now, the second thing I mentioned, and I'm not going to talk very long about this, but we're learning from Scripture, and then we're living by Scripture. So I just want to give you a few um, thoughts about ways to continually ask, am I living by Scripture? A key question is simply this. Am I orienting and reorienting my life around Scripture? Whenever you read the Bible, you might simply close it up, and when you're done, for 30 seconds, pause and ask, how should this passage, this verse, this book that I just read or that I just listened to or that I just engaged how should this reorient me? How might this story reorient my thoughts, my feelings, my perspective, my, my attitude, or even my actions, the way I live my life? Now, it doesn't always have to be life-changing. <laughs> Every time we read the Bible, we don't need to close the book and and, and it's not like our, our lives need to be instantly transformed and changed and, and we need to live entirely differently. Um, sometimes it has a much slower effect on us. It's, it's slowly working to reform and reshape those things that we can't see, those things deep in our hearts, those attitudes or those thoughts or those feelings or those dispositions or those desires. Desires are under the surface. You don't wear those on your sleeve necessarily. Desires are, are deep down. And so sometimes we read and we engage the Bible and it works on us over a long period of time. And if we're expecting to read something for five minutes and, and there's going to be instantaneous results and immediate transformation, a lot of times our expectations will be let down. So don't always expect that. Be willing to allow it to reform and reshape and reorient you in slow and patient ways. Just be willing to keep asking that question. Is this reorienting me? 
How is this reorienting me? Now, having said that, every now and then, it probably should be really transformative. Every now and then, there should be a truth that sort of hits us square in the forehead, right between the eyes, right? And and that's really important to keep in mind. I, I remember I was a part of a small group and it was, man, it was probably, it was like 15 years ago. It was a group of it was Janice and I, and there was uh, maybe four or five other couples in it. It was kind of a couples group, and we were reading through the Bible and doing this curriculum. And there was a couple in the group that were fairly new Christians. And uh, I remember we read a story. We were doing this thing on on money and possessions, and you know we read the story about Jesus meeting this wealthy guy and and saying to this wealthy man, "You need to sell everything and give it to the poor and come follow me," because. It's these things in your life that, that are holding you back from following me. Jesus wasn't necessarily saying wealth or riches is, is always evil or bad, or money is always evil or bad, or, or possessions are always evil or bad. But in this guy's life, they were holding him back from following Jesus. And we talked about that and, and spent the whole group sort of like teasing that out and asking how that might apply to our lives. And I'll never forget, the next week we came back to group this one guy who is somewhat of a new Christian, um, we were going around as we did at the beginning of each group, kind of giving an update on our lives. And, and when it was his turn, he said, well, I sold my boat this week. And we were all like, what? Because he had a boat. I was living in Atlanta, Georgia at the time, and there's a whole bunch of lakes there. And a lot of people go out to the lakes when the weather's warm and they go water skiing and they spend a lot of time on the lake. And he had a boat that he kept in storage and he would take it out and, and go on the lake and he water skied and did And we knew this was just a big part of his life. And we were all kind of shocked to hear, you what? And he said, no, yeah, yeah. I left group last week and I was just convicted and challenged that I just have too many toys and too many possessions in my life that that my life is wrapped up in these toys and in these possessions. And it wasn't that the boat was evil or anything like that. It was just like he felt convicted and he left. And the next day he put the boat on Craigslist and sold it and it was gone. And I just, I remember thinking, man, I hope that I am always open to sometimes the Bible making radical claims on my life, to sometimes reading the Bible and realizing something significant needs to change. (laughs) Maybe I need to sell my boat, right? Sometimes I need to read and I need to see and experience sort of the conviction of the Spirit or the encouragement of the Spirit that, that something significant needs to be reoriented in my life. That shouldn't happen a lot. That's going to be overwhelming if it does. But if it never happens, then I'm probably not really opening myself up. I'm probably not really learning and engaging the Bible and asking that question, God, how would you reorient me through these life-changing words? So if you're younger, right? If you're a teenager or you're in your 20s or you're in your 30s, I think you're in a unique season of your life where you've probably, there's some specific areas where you might be asking pretty regularly, how is scripture reorienting me in the areas of, of my work, my career, my vocation, right? A lot of times 
we compartmentalize those things and we don't think that that's part of our journey of faith or that's connected to our relationship with God. And yet it's, it's intricately connected. And the Bible has so much to say about all of those areas of our lives. And so am I reading the Bible or engaging the Bible in that lens? What, what God are you having to say about my work and my career and, and the hours I spend my, my day doing things that I hope are productive and the vocation and the calling that you've given me? Or how is scripture reorienting me in the area of my physical body? I mean, the Bible has so much to say about our physical bodies. That God gave us these bodies and these bodies are like temples and, and he wants us to experience health and wholeness and healing in our bodies. The Bible has so much to say about our sexuality, right? And, and, and so how am I consistently coming to the Bible and asking, Lord, would you reorient me and would you show me your wisdom as I think about my physical body and the things I do in my physical body? Or how is scripture reorienting me and what I give my time and attention to? We read Psalm 119 in the last message. In the middle of Psalm 119, it says this, Turn my eyes away from worthless things. And then Psalm 103.3 says, I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I remember reading that a, a few months ago and thinking, huh, I wonder how many things... I look at that are maybe vile or maybe simply worthless. How many things in my life am I giving my attention to on my phone or on a TV? Or, or how many things am I simply uh, looking at that are just worthless things to give my attention to? Worthless things to give my time to? How many things in my life might I give more of my attention to, or more of my time to, or more of my engagements to, engagement of the things that would be life-giving to me. So those are just some simple ways of how we might consistently, especially if you're younger, be engaging scripture and asking, how are you reorienting me, God, as I read this in these areas of my life? Or perhaps you're older. Perhaps you're, you're in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s or your 60s, right? And the danger here, I, I've mentioned this in the last message, is, is to not engage Scripture as much anymore and to not allow it to reorient me as much as it used to when I was younger. And yet I think the need grows more and more. It's easy to get formed and set in our ways and maybe even get calloused and hard-hearted, or to take certain areas of our life and to sort of bracket those off and, and to never let God into those areas of our lives. And so as we get older, we almost have to be more intentional, I think, in opening up Scripture because it's becoming more and more familiar with it. The older you get, the more you read the Bible, the more familiar it is, and the more it can lose its radical nature and its radical claims on us. And so am I regularly asking God, how might you continue to reorient me in significant ways? And are we doing that in community, right? This is the best way to be opening the Bible with others and together with others be saying, 
How am I being reoriented? And being willing to share that with others. You have to trust other people in order to share that. But, but being vulnerable with others and saying like, yeah, I think I might need to sell the boat, right? Or I think that God is nudging me in this direction. Or I think I'm realizing a pattern in my life that's deeply unhealthy. And as I'm engaging scripture, I'm being convicted about that. And when you can begin to share that in community with others and not receive judgment, but receive grace and receive help and be able to open yourself up to others and say, I'm, I'm trying to reorient and I don't know how to do that and I'm stumbling and it's hard and I keep failing. And man, doing that in community, it makes such a huge difference. So those are just a few tips and suggestions I just believe with all my heart that as our world gets more complex, more modern, more technologically advanced, but also more confusing and more chaotic and and in some ways even more scary, we need the wisdom of this ancient, ancient book of Scripture even more. And that's not to make our world, you know, out there sound dark and scary. It's, it's just like we're, we're living in a wilderness, right? It's like being in a vast and wild and sometimes fierce, but sometimes very beautiful wilderness. And we can navigate it. And we can enjoy its beauty and we can enjoy all that it has to offer and we can enjoy life with God in this wilderness. But we need this ancient tool. (laughs) We need a simple map and compass to guide us. We need the wisdom of Scripture to help us navigate the wilderness. And so I hope you'll keep learning from Scripture and living by Scripture. So thanks for listening. Um, if you ever have an idea or a suggestion for a topic that you think we should engage in a sermon series we do, or if there's a part of the Bible that you think we should cover, um, feel free to let us know. Thanks so much for listening.